0: When I arrived at university in 1978, I was driven up by my mother in an orange Citroen Diane, with a cardboard trunk in the back containing a few books and my Patti Smith and Talking Heads LPs. This year, students starting university can make a bigger entrance, arriving by helicopter, private plane, McLaren P1, Aston Martin, Rolls Royce, or pulled along by a horse and carriage. This is thanks to the very important fresher service launched last week by UniBaggage, which charges up to £35,000 to transport teenagers and their belongings to uni in style. The service is not only aimed at unconscionably loaded foreign students who've not been told that Brits don't do that sort of thing. According to the company, there is a small but growing slice of Britain that hasn't been told this either – Increasingly, Brits want to be very important freshers too. Even those who can't afford the helicopter are nevertheless arriving at university with much more luxurious kit than they used to. The other day I was in John Lewis, the department store patronised by the terminally unflash middle classes, to find it festooned with off-to-university signs over expensive saucepans, duvets and cushions. On the website, the essentials list for student consists of more than 60 inessential items, including an office chair. Click on the link and it takes you straight to the Herman Miller model priced at 899 quid. At university in the late 1970s, the first rule for students with lots of money was to pretend they had none at all. I knew only one man who sometimes took me out to dinner in smart places – but he had the excuse of being American. The new ostentation is so obviously a bad thing that it's dull to say so. It's bad for those who splash it about, and it's bad for those with none to splash. Being poor as a student not only seems the natural order of things, it surely motivates you to be less poor later on. While it's depressing that vast riches are a socially acceptable status symbol for 18-year-olds they're no worse than the more traditional ways of lording it over other students. Two of my children have recently graduated from two different British universities and tell me that to stand out, money helps a bit, though not nearly as much as being cool. This is, and was, the top way of differentiating yourself and is done by following six pernicious and foolish cool rules. The first way to be a very cool fresher is to treat with disdain everything laid on by the university, shunning all freshers' activities and holding your own parties instead, which is hard if you don't know anyone. Next, you must act unfriendly to almost everyone, save a few people you've deemed cool enough. This rather defeats the point of university, which is to broaden, not narrow, horizons. Taking drugs, getting very drunk, chain-smoking roll-ups... All help being cool, as they always did, and they're still just as bad for you. Being from London is eternally cool. Being from Swansea, anywhere in the countryside, Southampton, Hull, and everywhere else in the world save a few capital cities, is eternally not cool. This is tough since there's not a lot you can do about where your parents live. Looking gorgeous is cool, and looking thin. So is wearing the right clothes, The first is unfair, the second dangerous, and the third a lot of hard work. Being clever is also cool, and getting good marks in all assignments and getting a first-class degree is very cool. The catch being that visibly working hard is not. Being in the library at opening time is only cool if you've been up all night. While all these rules are familiar to me, they're more lethal now as the cool bar is set far higher. On my first day at university, I felt passably cool in apple green Oshkosh dungarees, but that was only because half the girls were in tweeds and twin sets. Now that everyone can buy the same clothes online, to be really cool, you have to spend half a lifetime combing vintage shops. Being a very cool fresher now is much more physically punishing than it used to be, because no night out ends before breakfast time. In my day, it was no shame for a cool person to go to bed at midnight. This makes it fantastically tough to be cool and to do well. And doing well itself is even more important than it was for us, as we all knew we'd get jobs at the end anyway. So which is more lethal, the very cool fresher or the very rich one? I'm going for the former. At least the VRF might buy you a drink or take you for a ride in the Ferrari, having failed to notice that you're not cool enough to be worth bothering with. For more downloads, go to ft.com/podcasts.